0: Lacroix. Kennedy's lurking. He's on the move. And he's got it. Mark on downfield. For number 10. A hush falls over Patterson Stadium. The crowd sensed the moment. The stutter steps. A big long ball. Number 10. It's a thing of oh, beauty. Oh, oh, oh Here yeah. they come too. Even is liking this one.
1: There's some happy West Coast memories. Josh Kennedy kicking 10 at the... While well, they were calling it Patterson, Patterson Stadium back in those days, of course, Subiaco Oval. If you've got a question for Josh, get it in now on the temperate bedshed text line 0487-736-736 because 736 736, he's joining me on the show now. Josh, welcome. How are you? Good morning, Duff. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm, uh, I'm going better than West Coast are right now, um, yeah. which, right. Which, which is right. not saying a lot, but... Um, the courage of Jack Darling to stay out there for a quarter and a half with a fractured arm. Have you ever played with a fractured arm before?
0: Um, I don't know, maybe. Um, I think i played with a fractured leg once. That didn't really go too well, especially when you try and get a jab and it hits a nerve and it takes away your whole foot feeling. It's pretty hard to have a shot on goal and run around. So, but no, look, um, yeah, it it was very brave. Um, you know, with, the depleted list at the moment um, and in those tough times you know, to have a senior player um, I suppose push through that and um, yeah, just to see him want to do the best he can for the team and just get out there and, and create a contest so um, as a forward, you know, especially your arm, you need that in marking contest so I couldn't imagine um, what sort of pain uh, he kind of went through being back out there just to, I suppose, um, be able to give those contests but, um, but yeah it's very brave by Jack. So
1: um when you cop criticism like jack copped is there is there a part of you that sort of goes i'll show them and like clearly jack's made the call i can go back out that's what it looked like and um and and he tried to to hang in there for a for a quarter or so with the team is that likely to be a human response to some of the criticism that he copped in the in the last couple of weeks
0: Oh, look, uh, to be honest, I don't think so. Um, I think uh, any situation where a player just wants to do the best for his teammates and, and get back out there, and um, even when things are going well and you're up by, you know, 30, 40 points, um, you know, you're still wanting to get back out there. And uh, he, he would have made that call with his body, with his arm, the assessment, um, you know, being able to... I think he had that wrap on. There might have been a guard already put on. Um, who knows? But he would have been he would have felt comfortable enough to be able to get back out and and, and at least um, try and have an impact and and make a difference for the team. But, um, but yeah, I I don't think that... Obviously, timing-wise, now we're looking at the criticism that he's copped over the last month, and, um, you know, it's easy to kind of say that, yeah, he wanted to come back on to kind of prove them wrong. But I think that, you know, regardless of the criticism, Jack would have have been out there um, helping the team because he wants to do it for his teammates.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just wondering, we, we underestimate the human element of football often, don't we? We we sort of like treat um, players like machines that you, you should be able to just wind up and they produce X level of performance every, every week. But they are human beings and he did cop some stuff which was over the top and um, – just, I know that, mate, I'm a human being and I know how I'd feel about it. I would be like, I'll
0: show you, yeah. mate, you know. It's like, <laughs> there'd be a bit of that no. about me, I reckon. Um, no, it is, it, is, it is true. But, you know, I think, you know, talking about injuries and trying to get out there, that, you know, 80%, 80% I reckon of, of players are carrying something. And when you're looking at a player run around, you can't really see any hindrance, you know. But I can guarantee there's probably 80% of players out there that are playing through some sort of pain.
1: So Jermaine Jones broken nose. Can you play with a broken nose? I've seen people do it before. Would you expect him to play against Hawthorn this weekend?
0: Um yeah, I assume so. it's probably kind of come down to the docs and the medicos and um uh, I've, I've I've been lucky enough I, I've I've never broke my nose so um, but I've seen guys break it. I've, I've been sitting on the bench when guys come off and, and the docks have to shift it back into place. It doesn't really look too flush. But um, but I assume that uh, with your nose, um, you know, the you only know, risk of, is, is getting hit again. Um, and depending how bad that break is and whether they could get it in, sometimes you need surgery on that, I'm not too sure. But other times you can just click it back in and, and away you go. So it, it will come down to swelling in his face and, you know, I suppose, through his eyes and being able to see and, um, you know, and that hindrance of of confidence on being able to, I suppose, go into a contest and not worry about it. So um, it's going to come down a little bit of how Jermaine's feeling, I assume, this week, but um, the Medicos will be able to make that call.
1: You played in 2010 when West Coast won their wooden spoon. Have you ever played in a game like the game against Hawthorne this week where the loser actually wins something, where basically the loser probably, or well, almost certainly goes to the mid-season rookie pick, uh, mid-season rookie draft with the number one pick and, uh, and may well end up with the number one pick at the end of the season. Have you ever played in a game like that?
0: Um, no, nah, not that I can remember. I think in 2010, yeah, we, we were battling at the bottom. But I think there was a little bit of a gap um, between. I think the the other bottom teams from from Waikato and so on. But um, but yeah, it is a very interesting situation to be in coming up to that mid-season break. And and obviously the way the two teams are going, both have been struggling. You know, with winning. I suppose they contested uh, footy against their opposition. There's been a bit of mid- midfield dominance from opposition against them, and you know. So the play inside fifty hasn't hasn't been that great, so um, it is going to come down, I suppose, to the middle this week, and who can who can lock it in there forward half. But um, but yeah, I, I don't think I've ever been in a situation like this where you. You're playing, and um, yeah, it is. I suppose the, the bottom of the table, but you know that's something that, as a play. You don't, re- you're not sitting there going like, "Oh, well, if we lose this week, at least we get number one." You, you're always going, putting your foot forward, trying to get the win. So um, yeah, hopefully the, the boys can do that this week.
1: Yeah, I think people in the general public underestimate just how competitive um, AFL players are. I mean, you play, you know, a game of social golf against an AFL player. And if you get a couple of shots up, you get reminded pretty quickly how serious the game can get. It's uh, they, they, they do compete yeah. very hard and they're at a different level of competitiveness to, to most of us in the, in the general community. One thing that um, Adam Simpson has talked about over the last couple of weeks is rotating the captaincy through the back half of the season. we've seen Tom Barris do it a little bit and we saw Liam Duggan do it on the weekend. Um, Who else do you think gets a shot at the captaincy when they rotate that through in the back half of the year?
0: Oh, look, obviously, Oscar Allen's probably the next standout. You know, he's part of the leadership group, has been part of that developing emerging leaders group, you know, for many years in um, how Oscar conducts himself, uh, not only in the team, in meetings. his awareness uh, and, I suppose, game sense on, on game plan and how, how, how the, uh, the game's shifting, you know, is, is pretty good. So um, I think, you know, Oscar's probably that next one if they're going to rotate it through. Liam Duggan was exceptional on the weekend. And um, to come in, um, as he did, uh, you know, be captain, there's that, that little bit extra responsibility um, I suppose pre game speech is probably the big one that no one listens to, but you get so nervous when you go out and uh, it's, 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 guys can can nail it, but I uh, know for me that was one thing you know you could sit up until in a meeting, talk in front of everyone, you could do present things, and then when you get there with twenty of your mates sitting there on field uh, in a circle you your Well, wise used to freeze so i had um I had a couple of funny ones, but no it was great to see duggo. Um, take that captain's, uh, captain C and then be able to perform. Um, and, and that effort he had, you know, 32, 32 touches, obviously running through that midfield, but um, but he's consistent. And, and so is Oscar. Oscar's been really consistent this year. So he's probably looking at that next one to rotate it through and give him a bit of that go.
1: Pretty phenomenal performance by Oscar Allen to kick multiple goals in every game in a team that's getting the sort of supply that West Coast is getting.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I know it's been talked about a lot. There was only him and Jeremy Cameron. I think Jeremy Cameron kicked one on the weekend. So Oscar becomes the top of that list to kick multiple goals. And, um, you know, as a forward, all these little stats, you know, generally pop up over the over the course of the year. And, um, you know, for Oscar, he... He works pretty hard on his craft. He works on hard on getting that opportunity, and 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 when the ball is coming inside fifty for his team. So hopefully that's not playing in the back of his head, because sometimes those little things can creep in, and you know he, he might kick one on the weekend, and then all of a sudden it gets to the back end of that last quarter. All he's worrying about is trying to keep that two goal tally. So hopefully that doesn't um, doesn't creep in, and he, he still keeps um, playing the way he's going because. Yeah, once he once he goes once you go away from your process on um, you know, being able to perform and have that consistency and the little things in your head like that, you know, you can miss those opportunities. So but, you know, he's he's big enough and strong enough to be aware of that and, and um yeah, he'll he'll keep sticking to his process.
1: Question from Lisa from Ellenbrook, Josh, and I think you and I have discussed this on the show before um the eagles i 'm assuming they do take a mid season rookie draft pick is it a midfielder or a or a taller player
0: uh. Yeah, uh, either way, really, you're kind of the list and how we are at the moment and being so depleted. Um, and I think you look at who's coming back over the next, you know, kind of few weeks, it's probably good that there was a there's a waffle by this weekend. So a few of those younger kids, you know, can kind of have another week of training. And I think we get about four coming back through the waffle in, you know, uh, Kobe, Beagle, uh, Hewitt, uh, no Long, I think Jackie Williams is, is just about back, so um, having some consistency, you know, with those guys coming back and being able to play, you know, Yoan Shui, uh, probably two to three weeks away with both of them, but the rest are all five or six, so um, got a lot of tools, got a lot of mids out, um, you know, and you always go for, the, for that for that midfielder, um, especially if they're a mature age or having some consistency at whatever level they're playing, so, Contested possession in the middle has been a big one. Um, so, you know, being able to find that big body midfield is, is always a gem. And if they can, you know, um, as they've done with Joe Culley last year and, and help improve, I suppose, that midfield kind of grunt uh, will help help going. Um, cause we, we do have a lot of tools um, and, and guys and young guys coming through. One
1: question from one retired champion forward to another one who's near the end: What do you make of Lance Franklin at the moment, and how should we treat what is looking increasingly like Lance's last year of AFL footy?
0: Oh, man, Lance has been a great of a game, and you know um, what he's given to footy fans, to um, everyone in the AFL community is has been unbelievable, and um, you know he should be acknowledged for every accolade that, that he's been able to produce over his career. And, um, you know, it is, it is hard watching, I suppose, when you have someone who's been so dominant and influential um, over the course of, you know, nearly the last two decades and, you know, seeing that, you know, they are getting to that point. Um, and you know Lance might not be playing um, consistent footy, or might not up to the level that he wants to, or people expect him to be. Um, but it is it is going to be a sad day when um, when Lance Franklin's not playing AFL football. Is
1: so he the best one apart from yourself, of course? But is he the best one in your time in footy?
0: You reckon the best tall footy? Uh, I'm not even in that category of, of, of Bud you know he's um yeah I've been so lucky we're obviously similar age we we played state 16s and, and 18s together um, very lucky to be able to I suppose one go through um, a little bit of juniors with him and then you know sit from I suppose opposition watching him play um, and yeah, you, there's a lot of players over your career that you're, you're very grateful and, and lucky to be able to experience one uh, playing against and being able to watch, and and he's definitely one of them.
1: Were you playing in that game down at Cadena Park where you kicked the winner late in the game in the 18s? Were you, Josh? Uh,
0: yes, yeah, so I was actually. I was injured. So uh I wasn't um I wasn't actually playing but um I went over. There was a few of us I think Mitch Clark was, was uh was one as well who was injured, but we still went over with the team. So yeah, from, from an early age, um, you know, you definitely did see his dominance, you know, especially coming out from 16s into that eighteenth level and um you know, I can remember the time with uh the AIS the AFL Academy, uh we had the Gaelic footy, Ireland uh, Island um yeah, came over and we played them and Um, Terry Wheeler was the coach and we were playing at the MCG and so we had this rule because we were footballers, you know, going for the the under, the six um, with the ball, you know, it's just not us, just keep kicking goals and that's what we're here to do and that's, you know, what we do and um, it got to a point right at the end of the game where... Uh, we were, we were down, um, and, and Buddy turned it on and I think he kicked two or three unders, um, couple other guys just started going for the unders and, um, obviously that six points. So we ended up getting the win, which was, um, which was fantastic, but, you know the excitement that, that Bud uh, has brought, you know, from, from all levels of football. Yeah, it's um, it's been great to watch.
1: Yeah, he has been certainly one of the most watchable players and a bloke with unique gifts, I think, which always makes a player a little more interesting and fascinating to watch. Hey, very quickly, yep. can West Coast beat Hawthorne in Launceston?
0: Yeah, I think they can. I think they can. It's going to be um it's going to be another tough challenge obviously travelling, um uh, which is one, but um but the way Hawthorne are going and the way West Coast have been travelling, um you know, uh, missing certain elements to to both their game, especially in the midfield with with that contested footy, uh you know, it's going to be another challenge for Bailey I think coming up against Meek, um and obviously Jamison playing as well. So it's yeah they get that right in the midfield, they can get it locked in their forward half, you know, which I think they can this week. Um, they'll very they'll go very close to, to beating the Hawks and um, hopefully we can come away with the four points.
1: And hopefully we are here uh, thanks to New Farm Galaxy, the flexible tank mix partner to control Broadleaf Weeds, your segment on the show next week. Hopefully we'll be talking about a win and uh, some more optimistic things to come in the back half of the season. Josh, thank you so no. much for your time.
0: Can't wait.
1: Cheers, mate. Josh Kennedy, West Coast Eagles legend, AFL life member, champion forward. Always a regular on the show on Tuesdays.